Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, y'all, you want to get saucy, pert, and greasy with the ladies from someplace underneath? Well, then slip and slide right on down to Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. The Country Jamboree from Last Podcast Network is June 18th. Tickets out now. Get on. Well, they're spicy. Get on with it. <laughs> yeah, It's Nashville, baby. <laughs> I feel like I'm perpetuating stereotype. Get on. Come on. We howl. This episode is mostly about the mistreatment and abuse of elementary school-aged kids, which is not a fun topic under any circumstances, but in light of everything that has been happening in the world, you may want to skip this episode or at least um, put it off if that sounds like maybe too much for you right now. Someplace underneath. Point five years. Twelve point five years for Josh Duggar. Oh, you know, some people say that's better than the five that they were pleading, but twelve still not enough. No. Um, where was I at twelve years old? I don't know. A fully formed human being, but um, I had my period. (laughs) Yeah. It's from my birth to my period that he is going to be in jail, uh, which, yeah, I mean, people are really torn. I, of course, we would have preferred the full 20, but um, based on how we treat sex crimes in this country, yeah, I guess we should count ourselves lucky. Yeah, we're lucky. And at least he can't like serve in, um, uh, what do you call it, politics? I mean, unless we everything, things are going very downhill, but that might change. It might be only if you have a sex offender registry that you can be a politician. Only if you've raped five women. Yeah. Can you be elected? Welcome Um, to Someplace Underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. But yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. We're glad he's going to a federal 
jail, so he's not going to be able to like see his family or talk to Anna all the time, which is good because maybe it'll help her get out of the system that she's in. I mean, 12 and a half years, maybe that's enough time to like re... Because when you leave a cult, and I'll go ahead and say this is a cult that she's living in, mm-hmm. it takes time for your brain to reorganize. Yeah. I mean, you have to refire all the synapses everywhere and like discover who you are. Yeah, and even during this time when he's been in jail, it's been locally to her and he had access to phone calls. So he was making her talk because you can access these records now so we know he was making her talk on the phone with him for hours a day still while he was in jail. So. No, that's, yeah. oh, because he knows he's got to keep her in. Got to lock her in still. And what if the kid, what if she is pregnant now and he comes out looking <sighs> just like him? And he's like, hi, I'm Josh Duggan, number two. Uh, and she's just stuck in hell. Yeah. Oh, God. There has been a little bit of speculation, which is a little body shaming for women. And I'm guilty of it. But she did have, it's hard to tell whether or not. Just because she's always pregnant, she looked a little pregnant when she was leaving court the other day. But maybe it's just she hasn't bounced back from the last baby or whatever. It's cool. Hopefully it's not a baby in there. Um, But yeah. I know. This woman needs a Corvette and a scarf. Please. And a martini. Just get her to ride out of town with some sunglasses. I wish she could, but she's got seven children. (laughs) They could fit in the trunk. Speaking of lady time, last night I was like, because I was like, I've been like working really hard and like up late drinking and I was like I want to have me time Yeah, and I got a face mask on and I got a hair mask Mm -hmm. and I got a body scrub and I just laid in my bed like all oiled up and I was just like researching this woman we're doing today with my face mask on just like what a fucking bitch what a fucking horrible bitch fuck you fucking cunt I mean that's (laughs) that's nice but also maybe counterintuitive to relaxation because she is the worst and we were talking about like why she has this look and I think it's because she has the blonde hair and the thin lips and the blue eyes. I think back in the 1950s, she was quite a catch for that aesthetic. Mm. And then these men, remember when I said that there's three kinds of women in religious communities? Yes. The ones that just want to be left alone, the ones that are very meek, like mm-hmm. Josh Duggar's wife. Mm-hmm. And then there's the third, this woman, she's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Men elect people like this to lord over other women lord over other people i mean she is the lord of the children yeah she really is in this county yeah tattletale like thrown in jail and like she's never done any in work and she just looks crazy she looks like she steals jewelry from talbots she might but guess what she's not gonna put herself in jail so yeah who are we talking about today we are actually still in appalachia country and that wasn't intentional but we had this woman on the list to talk about and then ended up working into this appalachian segment because her awfulness is right in the middle of tennessee right around some of the people we've been talking about this entire time so we wanted to look at this little piece of the puzzle about Appalachian suffering and why this is happening to so many people. And this woman came across our stories. She looks like a cartoon villain, as Amber was just mentioning. (laughs) Yeah. She looks like every woman, like when I waited tables on a Sunday, they would come in after church and then just be fucking mean to me and not tip. Yeah, definitely not tipper right there. And I know, listen, I know we're all very mad at JK Rowling, but I cannot not make the connection to Dolores Umbridge. She is very Umbridgean. She's got just the meanest eyebrows. It's the way she's drawn them on. They they look like they're they're supposed to be like Jaff- they look. She looks like Jafar with yeah. her eyebrows. She also looks a ton like Barbara Snow, which is fascinating. It is really a segment of women who they have this like. There's something about 
their eyes that's so hollow, but like also bulbous and buggy. And the haircuts, they choose this cut that like makes a helmet shape around their head. And it's sharp. All the angles are sharp. Well, it's like a Doris Day. You might be right. You might be, it might be something to do with, they were like celebrated as kids for looking a certain way. And and they they just keep up that look, baby. Never doing inner in work. And like, that's why it's so harsh because they feel harsh. You know, their husbands have probably cheated on them. Like life has abandoned them. And they're just like, well, if I keep my eyebrows painted, then I can get, but be okay today. You may, you might be right. You might be right. It's a lot of suffering going on with these women. I mean, they've caused a lot of pain. Yeah, I mean, they, I'm sure that there is suffering internally, but they seem to just radiate that out to everyone around them. So it's hard to feel sorry for them. Yes, but man, I know it's it's not important and it's petty to harp on it. But somebody answer me why? <laughs> why is this the look <laughs> of the worst woman you've ever met? Yes. <laughs> So who is this one I'm speaking of? Well, this is a woman named Donna Scott Davenport. She's currently serving under the title Juvenile Court Judge of Rutherford County, Tennessee. So where are we talking about here? So all of the atrocities we're going to be speaking of take place in this county, Rutherford, and it's right in the middle of Tennessee. So right in the middle of Appalachia, my friends. Like smack, almost like Target dead in the middle of Tennessee is where this county is. Donna Scott here has started making headlines when ProPublica and Nashville Public Radio began reporting on some really insane and brutal accusations about her. So what is ProPublica? Uh, it's a it's just a, a like a journal journalist. Okay. People outlet. doing their job. Yeah. Okay, good. It's just somebody who's, who does a lot of like um, exposés and stuff like that. Mm. So they had teamed up together and they had this big long laundry list of accusations against her, specifically in her courtroom, specifically that she was locking up eight and nine-year-olds on a regular basis. That I don't understand. I read a story where a girl was in pigtails and mm-hmm. then was put in handcuffs. Oh, we'll talk about it. Do you have no heart, no soul? What is your problem, man, woman? Yeah, yes. And and that is exactly what I'm thinking too because when you when I said when you saw the headline you're like this is a villain. Yeah. Well, who would do this? What is the reason? And I, I do want to know past that. We need to look past it, of course, you know. So, what in the ever loving fuck is going on in Rutherford County? That headline alone makes her sound like a demented criminal. But as we hopefully all know who listen to this show, we must look beyond a headline to see what the story is here. Not to defend her or defend this kind of action, but to clarify and try to understand at least a little bit of how we got here. Because we can't keep getting to these points. Yeah, they didn't just ma- magically happen no, one day for no reason at all. You don't just wake up and go, I'm going to go to law school so I can get all those fourth graders to get off the streets. And they were specifically black children. Well, a a large, they were disproportionately black and we will talk about that as well. Yes. Shockingly. (laughs) So one specific case that really rattled people and drew the attention of the greater media was an incident that took place in 2016 at a school called Hobgood Elementary in Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I should mention also that all of this is taking place in the county next to Nashville. So 
Rutherford County is almost dead center, like I said, and Nashville is just one county over northwest. So we're like not dealing with the middle of nowhere. This is a little bit outside of a very major city. Judge's district isn't a huge place, but it's not in the middle of nowhere. So ultimately, it doesn't matter where this court is located for reasons we'll get into, but we'll come back to that. Back to Hobgood Elementary, the incident of 2016. It began with a pretty underwhelming event. Two little kids getting into a physical fight with a slightly older little kid. When I say little, I mean like five, six years old. I did that when I was a little kid. Of course. Of course. They had been playing basketball and there were a variety of ages of kids who were at the basketball court that day just playing basketball and playing. This was all off campus, by the way. This was not at the elementary school. Oh, okay. And apparently there were some insults thrown around. I mean, I don't know why the fuck they're trying to discern what these babies were having a fight about. It was just ki- little kids. Yeah, nini nini boo boo. It's that. Mm, yes. Is that on the court document? And sir, they said nini nini boo boo. They said yes. your mom is so fat. Uh, it was a mama joke. Apparently, <laughs> somebody said it was a mama joke. Oh my god. I cannot. So Jesus Christ. Th- this was a group of and there was these two kids, right? And they were kind of like Throwing little tiny fists at a, a slightly older kid, not actual physical, like, oh, they were knocking this kid. It was like going like, yeah. And there were these other kids there watching it. So one of the kids had a, a phone, of course, and they were filming. It was 2016. So kids film shit. They stood by and watched this while some of the kids were yelling encouragements at the kids and some were yelling, stop, stop, just like a group of kids. I've seen the video. It's not shocking. It's not like this, like, oh, my God. It's just kids playing. The kids who were watching were slightly older, like 8, 9, 10. The oldest was in middle school, like sixth grade. So what do you do when this happens? You call the police and you arrest all of the kids, right? What? Oh, you don't do that? No. You say, hey, kids, uh, stop it. Or just like, I don't know, let them finish it up. I don't know, the kids. (sighs) Phew. They call the police. You little softy. <laughs> you need to get these dangerous thugs off the street. Oh so my God. maybe some people would just pull them apart and speak to them like kindergartners. Uh, maybe tell the third and fourth graders that they were, you know, you're a little, I'm a little disappointed you didn't come get somebody. You know, we need to not, we can't. Yeah, maybe you have, don't have ice cream tonight after dinner. Right. Well, that's how you create villains and, and bad people if you just let them get away with these things. So... These hardened criminals need a rude awakening. And Donna Scott Davenport's here to lay down the strong arm of the law on these eight-year-olds stepping out of line. Oh, my God. Oh, no. What happened, Natalie? Well, so I could not find who specifically made the call to the police. I can only imagine it was somebody who was, like, in a house nearby being, you know, just being, like, calling the cops. Probably assuming the cops would just maybe, like, break the kids up and go like everybody get home but for whatever reason when this video was made known to the police and to the court system they decided that it was in the best interest of the society around them to go round these children up the next few days not even the same day later on when they were in school and put them in handcuffs and take them to jail See, when you put someone in handcuffs, that psychologically does something to them. And when you're eight years old, 
it's going to be hard to break that because you're telling this person you're a criminal and they're not. They're a child. Yes. Not even a child doing a crime. No. They were arresting the kids watching the little kids fight. They just watching. I, I cannot. So just standing there, just being there, which is not illegal. I could see if you said, oh, they're on the school property and they were saying fight, fight, fight. Like you would want it, not arrest, but no. just like put into insult school suspension of like all the kids who were screaming fight. Sure, get it attention. Maybe get it attention. But to arrest, to put in handcuffs a child that was just standing there that had nothing to do with the fight. Not only that, to dispatch your police force. What else do they got going on? There's actual crimes going on. If I, if like someone's breaking into my house with a gun and I'm like calling the cops to like get them to come over and stop. And they're like, no, sorry, we have to break up this fight with eight year olds. I mean, and I, you know, I, I also want to just put in here. Um, I know this is a really hard time to be talking about elementary school kids with everything that's gone on in the news. And this was not an intentional, um, this had just been on the docket for this week. And so I, I apologize if this is a little triggering for people. Um, but it does re have remind me of that school system where the tragedy just happened, where they had a SWAT team in their local community for no reason, spending so much money on their police force. And yeah. they did absolutely nothing they to help those kids. They blocked the parents from yeah. going in there. And you know what the cops did? They went and got their own yep. kids and pulled them out. And they told the parents they can't go in there to get their kids. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's a reckoning on all levels. And this is another side of this, that we're allowing these people who have no place in having authority over children control them in this way. And so- this is, you know, what's happening here. She dispatched their police force to get these kids. So and all in all, there were 11 kids who were taken in. One of them was then let go immediately as a mistake, who was eight, by the way. Three of these kids were actually siblings. And their father, whose name is Zach Zacchaeus, I think his name is Zacchaeus. Is how you pronounce that? Zacchaeus Crawford is currently involved in an ongoing lawsuit that's a much wider range than just his family. Yeah, there's a big class action lawsuit against her. Two of the kids who were arrested were not present at the fight. They were just like out getting ice cream somewhere else? They were not there. They were just related to one of the kids who was there. And they were just like, sweep them all up, boys. It seems like that's what they did. This is fascist. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. So two of the three kids were the two who were not there. And, of his, and they were his kids. And they were arrested for reasons. So the other one who was arrested, his other kid, was handcuffed in front of her peers and school officials and taken to juvenile hall oh for simply God. being present for the fights. Getting handcuffed in front of your peers? I mean, they're never going to live that down. You just got to wet your pants around the peers. They'll never live that down for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're getting handcuffed and taken away? Yeah. One of the kids was pulled off of her school bus in front of her classmates and she threw up because she was so scared. Yeah. And it's like, scary. Night, it was a nightmare. These are big men with guns. Like, you are a big man with a gun. There is no need to pull a child off a bus and handcuff them. It's you can insane. say, come with me, please. It's great. I mean, Maybe. even then, for what? For there was what? no crime. There's, there was they did no nothing. fucking crime. There was no crime. This is just like, a, it's just these. A well, we'll man get with a gun that's just like, all right, I'm a, I'm a lord over the town. And then just, I get but so it, mad. This is not even that. This is the fucking, we'll get into why they ended up there. Of course, the cops are at fault for being pieces of shit. But 
the people who sent them there were talking about yes. Donna and other another person. But this is we'll get into why because when you hear this, you're like, okay, there has to be more to the story. This there's no way just grown men showed up and arrested little girls and put them in handcuffs and took them to jail. We'll talk about why that did happen because it's illegal, but it's still happening here in this county. So one of the kids, the one of the other siblings, uh, the, the kids of Zacchaeus Crawford, the one who wasn't there, one of them was at a pizza place after a basketball game. She was arrested. She, I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? So, but then they were like, oh, but she wasn't handcuffed when they arrested her. So why are you even complaining? Okay, so the girl who wasn't there for the non-crime, you didn't put her in handcuffs and we're supposed to be like, oh, you know what? It's all right. Don't worry about it. I'd be terrified. I'm a full-grown woman. What would you do if they did that to your kid? Get the fuck out of here, I'd man. I'd get a flamethrower. Oh. Is <laughs> what I would. The, and also, the girl the girl who they took who threw up out of fear, she was actually on the, uh, you could hear her voice in the um, can- in the video. She was telling them to stop, by the way. She was one of the kids there. They're going, telling, you guys stop it. I mean, stop it. what did they want to do? Like an eight-year-old girl to jump in a fight? Not that it was a bad fight, but just like jump in and get herself hurt? Like, well, there's no winning here. I don't know. But she wasn't even encouraging them and got arrested. This is a quote from the Daily News Journal. The student begged for her mother, cried and vomited on the floor. Her mother offered to drive the daughter to Rutherford County Juvenile Detention Center. But MPD told the parent the police had to transport the girl. I, <laughs> I'm just so mad about this. She was one of the ones from the elementary school. So these are elementary middle school kids. Can you fucking imagine putting yourself? You, I have memories of my of my time at that age from fourth grade. I can put my brain in that time period for me. Or if you have a kid that age right now, can you imagine them being in this position? And I've also, I was at that age, I had witnessed kids fighting by then. Yeah. So you just were there at some little kid slap fight and then a cop shows up at your school and puts you in handcuffs and takes you to jail. Can you imagine the incalculable trauma that you would incur? I mean, it is pure cruelty. Surely someone doing something like this is just sadistic and evil, right? And I mean, that's something that, that again, we have to explore. Like, how does a person get to be like this? Because... At the end of the day, after everything I've read, I sort of believe that Judge Davenport thinks she's righteous in doing this. She says, I'm on God's side and I'm doing this. As she calls herself the the mother of the um, the South or something. The mother of the county. The mother of the county. Which nobody asked her to be. Nobody asked you, woman. And I know I like I, I'm going to sound very sexist because like you were saying before, Natalie, like we want women to be. Um, you confident, know, confident, but she just is like this. We're just like, maybe you should tone it down, bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe you are too confident. <laughs> yeah. And I feel bad calling another woman that out of spite, but like, baby, you're well, evil. Confidence should come from a place of being like self, you know, introspective, sometimes humbled, sometimes t- acknowledging you're wrong. Yeah. And like, you're so good at what you do. You're just happy to show other people. That's true confidence. Yeah. Not just like naming yourself. The the lord of the area, um, which is what she truly is. And we'll figure out, we'll talk about now how this came to be. But yeah, and I can't get into her head, obviously. She might just be that inside of her head, that cruel and just think this is funny. But I think ultimately she thinks she is some heavenly being doing this like 
has a purpose that she's doing this and she she knows better than all the families in the land. I do think that she thinks that. Um, she certainly speaks as though she's proud of her accomplishments, even though many times what she did was illegal. In her own words, I'm here on a mission. It's not a job. It's God's mission. I want to throw up. I want to throw up everywhere. I want to throw up blood. Just so full of herself. So arrogant. And I don't want to blame like older people because we're all going to get older and like I don't want to be ageist. But there's something about these like boomer attitude that's just like I know what's best. And like you you ruined the economy. Yeah. Um, you, you're still working. So like, it's hard for millennials to even like progress. Yes. And, and we'll put it in this caveat, not all boomers, hashtag not, not all, boomers. all boomers. There was a lot of, you know, women's rights people in that era. My mom gets on my back if I say just by blanket every boomer, cause she's definitely not like that. My mom's not like that. Um, but there is a sect of that era that destroyed the entire planet. Basically. <laughs> I mean, truly just like ravaged the economy, the natural environment. Oh, yeah. South America. Like, I was looking into what the CIA did in South America in the 70s and 60s. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm not smart enough to speak about it. But I'm just like, you got to be kidding me, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, she's, I would put her in that camp of people who's yeah. just like, I'm on a mission. I'm a scorched earth. And she's doing illegal <laughs> things. Yeah. And the whole time I'm like, I'm doing research and like, we got to vote her out. And I'm like, if someone's doing illegal stuff, you can't just vote them no, out. No, they should face consequences. Yeah. Which is again, why we're talking about her thing. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. How did we get to this point, huh? We don't just start making arrests for eight-year-olds out of nowhere, uh, well, Donna Scott Davenport was appointed at the position of juvenile court judge in the year 2000. This was a brand new position that had been made to update what was going on in the county. Before then, juveniles had been tried by a grown-up court judge. I suppose this was some attempt at making a differentiation, which at first glance you could kind of see as a positive like oh you're taking them away from like the adult court let's do this other thing but if you look further into it it's really apparently this county specifically rutherford county has had a horrific record of arresting and detaining kids for decades as far back as the 90s so them creating this juvenile court it seems to really be more of a way of regulating and normalizing arresting children. So it was like, oh, there wasn't a full department because you don't have that many kids you need to jail 
now, oh no, we're going to make it a whole system. Oh, right. So they just invented this thing and said, let's make this, this like put, let's put kids in baby prison. Yeah. And I'm going to throw this out there. Maybe it's to get them adjusted to living in prison. It certainly feels like that to me, Amber. Yeah. So then um, they could perhaps make more money. Well, let's talk about that. So whatever happened, it seems to stem from the year 1993, but it's difficult to discern exactly why. And it, I think it probably has something to do with somebody appointed to in a position somewhere who was a piece of shit. And they just decided that they they didn't like seeing all these kids, uh, you know, with these low pants on and I got to get them off this. You got to teach them a lesson. Um, and so they started jailing a lot of kids. Um so this is before she was actually in position. So somebody else started this mess. It seems like more than anything, a making this a juvenile court judge position was a way of making arresting kids more factory style. And normalizing it, they did. So the county has jailed kids in 48, in, in recent decades. The county jail has jailed kids in 48% of the cases referred to juvenile court compared with the statewide average of 5%. Oh, wow. So like statewide average, 100 people go to court, 5% go to juvie. Yeah. But in this little county, 100 people go in there and 48% go away. Correct. That is a high rate. Yes. So that is to say, you know, and you can see, Amber, you can look at this chart. This yeah. is the average for counties. And that's the one at the end there is Rutherford, way at the it's top. way at the top. That's to say a lot of juvenile hearings are based around things like truancy, petty theft, finding drugs, um, nonviolent offenses in general. I heard a, because um, I saw a kid, he said he was about 14. And he broke into cars to steal change. Mm -hmm. And he was given four days of solitary confinement. Yeah. So exactly like a lot of ju and, and across the country, most places have juvenile court um, and usually it's for these sort of things. Right. I personally got caught smoking cigarettes on my high school campus and I had to go just I just had to go see the magistrate. And I remember one of my friends who was 16 at the time uh, was caught by the cops with a bong and he ended up going to juvie for like a month. But he was like a he was a lunatic. And I think that it was like. He, I think during that time, then he tried to fight the cops or something. Oh, right. There was a, there was a reason that he, like, rightfully went to juvenile hall for a month. Um, not that I think juvenile hall was great, but it it was because he got physical with the cops. Yeah, yeah. He seems a little caca. He's a lunatic. He's, yeah. Still is. So, you know, in general, juvenile court is meant to deal with kids in a way that's not completely detrimental to their future because they're kids. I feel like, and maybe this is me being an optimist, juvenile court and quote unquote jail should be more of like a, a halfway house where you get fed meals and have a good parent. Because I'm sure some of these kids are just like, you know, of course the kids arrested for playing, they were just around the fight that didn't do anything that was bad. But, you know, if you are arrested because you're stealing things, doing drugs, maybe you want to, maybe you need to go somewhere you should eat and like have some boundaries, you know, and sure. not like a jail. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, there's a lot to that. And also it, it, it's fair to say that this only happens to poor children, even though rich kids also do these things. Oh my God. The rich God. kids don't go to juvenile hall. I went, I met the private school kids in my little town and granted they come to find out they weren't even that rich, but they were like 
doing all the drugs. And a lot of times being violent. We've seen these on a, a national scale many times where we now call it the affluenza issue where rich kids have murdered people. Yeah, and they get away. And they don't even go to jail. I so. was playing a tennis match and uh, we were the poor kids from public school and we were playing like a very private school. I, again, I thought they were rich, but you know, after living in New York and LA, I'm like, I ain't not that rich. Yeah, right. But um, I'm at the front of the net and this guy goes, hey, psst, my dad owns your dad. And then they won Ew. the game. And then they won the game. He's probably dead now. Don't <laughs> I hope so. Um, gross. I hate that. <laughs> so in most places, so back to this like percentage, most places like here in Tennessee or anywhere, uh, only 5% of kids seeing court are going to be incarcerated. And it's usually because it's something violent. Right. It's usually like a, a kind of a big thing. Like the kid... The kid who, and I know this is very triggering, from Texas recently, he was arrested previously because he said he was going to shoot up a school. And right. then they let him go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he should have probably, like, given him some psych tests. Yeah, no, exactly. He doesn't exactly. look all that there, you know? If you're threatening a mass shooting, it should be on a different scale than if you, like, stole or smoked a, a, a cigarette. CD. Yeah, a yeah. A CD. Oh, my God. The fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> CD. You know how all these Zoomers are stealing CDs from the music store? I know. Somebody wrote on Twitter the other day. They said, what is burning a CD? And I was like, I, let me get my cane and tell you the days. Gather around the fireplace, kids. Um, yeah. In this county, though, they're taking 50% essentially of the kids for going to and it's not that they're just living in this war zone. Kids aren't all suddenly violent in this one county. No, no. they're jailing fifty percent of kids for some of the reasons that we're talking about. This is like the opposite of the Pied Piper. They're like, "Come here, kids, right to jail." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that is kind of what the Pied Piper do did. He just took him away forever. Who knows? Yeah, we don't know what to do with those kids. Him. They didn't pay. He said, I'll take all the rats out if you pay me. And they're like, okay. And he took all the rats out with his flute. And they were like, mm, we're not going to pay you. So then he fluted his way and he like got all the kids away. Mm. And there's some that might be like based in some kind of truth. Mm. I'm sure we can make a metaphor here somehow. But the government is the people who won't pay the kids, the economy, the economy. So <laughs> nailed that one. Donna Davenport gets this newly created job in the year 2000. And there she remains in 2022. 22 years. This position is earned through a local vote. And for the vast majority, except for the when she was appointed it, she was appointed it by a judge. And you know, a man did it. And was just like, she's crazy and violent. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think she was probably one of the few women at the time. Yeah. Because um, they could also be like, look, I got a woman on board, but she's like probably more brutal than most men. Yeah. Because no, she's the number like three. It. She's got to be a dictator. Yeah. So she got that job. Um, and so this job is supposed to go through vote. But for the vast majority of her time um, in this position, she ran unopposed. So she just won by default. Uh, there was once a contender, but he apparently had some sort of sex crime discovered. Wow, no one's Fuck good. yeah. <laughs> so he wasn't able to take the position. Even before she was appointed, she was given a special position by an already existing judge. Um, so this is pre-2000. She was something called a court referee. I, I want to do a stream with Mackenzie about this episode because I have a lot of law questions about what's going on here. Oh, yeah, please. But apparently it's some it's like basically an almost judge is what that is. 
So this happened. She gets this referee position in 1998. And it's already curious why she got that position. Her background is she went to Middle Tennessee State University in Merceforbro, the place we just talked Mercerbro. about. Majoring in criminal justice. It's a local college. So she is right from this area. She just grew up in this community and then just stayed. So she then goes on in her her official notes, goes on to brag about having then been trained for 17 years by various law enforcement agencies. But often we find out she's exaggerating her accomplishments. For example... Oh, like I lie on my resume all the time. Yeah, but you're not doing it so that you can put fourth <laughs> no. graders in jail. No, I just say I'm good at, I am excel at uh, spreadsheets. You can juggle. <laughs> yeah. So this is from ProPublica. Davenport, in a sworn deposition, said her law enforcement career began in 1977 at MTSU. That's her college. Where, as a student, she worked full-time as a university police officer for two to three years. But her MTSU personal file shows her being a part-time dispatcher, then a full-time clerk typist, then a full-time secretary. So she's saying she had a police job in college? Girl, go get a beer. But also she didn't. She was a secretary essentially. Which again, I get wanting to kind of, you know, fluff that up a little bit, but if you're using this as part of the reason that you should be able to oversee children in court, That's kind of bullshit. You weren't a cop. You worked at a desk near cops. So (laughs) that's not the same thing. Then later on, she had a desk job examining financial claims for the state. Then during this time, which was the early 1980s, she started night school studying law. So she went to night school while she was doing this other job. She graduated in 1986 with a law degree. She then did a bunch of other random shit. Like she was a private investigator for a while, like a P.I., That's fun. I guess so. But even though she had a law degree, she didn't pass the bar initially. She tried the first time about a year after she graduated and didn't pass it. And then she, in fact, failed three more times. I thought you're only allowed to take it a couple times. I'm not sure. I, you have to ask Mackenzie about but that. This is just like a definitely. I, but I feel like if I'm going to jail and my lawyer's like, yeah, so I took the thing about four times and I failed, I'd be like, can I get another lawyer? Yeah. But on her fifth try, she nailed it. Good for you, honey. And when she was admitted to practice into law, it was nine years after she had graduated law school in 1995, which seems bad to nine me. Nine years. I wonder what happened. Because I tried to look up if she had kids herself and everything about her personal life is scrubbed. Yeah, you can't really – there's not a whole lot to learn about her personal life online anywhere. Um, all I can say is that she did – when she started that referee court position in 1998, she was – her name was Donna Scott. And at some point after that, she got married to somebody with the last name Davenport. But it, I don't know. it's not a public figure as far as I can tell. Nine years sounds about right for childbearing. Like she might have had a couple kids. I mean, maybe, like, but like – Until they get out. Lots of – but she tr- she was trying the whole time. She kept failing the bar. Oh, right. So a lot of people with kids pass the bar. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Um I think she just wasn't very good at it. No. So by the time she got that job in 1998, Rutherford County was already getting in trouble for jailing kids illegally. In 1998? All right. It started in 1993. 
but like not facing any consequences for it. So um, the year after she got that referee position in 1999, this is... um, from ProPublica. Rutherford County violated federal law 191 times by keeping kids locked up too long, according to a story later published by The Tennessean. By law, children held for such minor acts as truancy were to appear before a judge within 24 hours and be released no more than a day after that. The newspaper interviewed Davenport, who estimated half those violations occurred because a kid had cursed her or someone else, for cursing, she said she typically sentenced kids to 10 days in jail. Was I in violation? She said, heck yes, but I'm going to allow a child to cuss anyone out? Heck no. Bitch. Fuck you. 10 days in jail? Fuck, bitch. Fuck you, bitch. Just no. (laughs) But you're going to take me to jail? Cause I'm calling you a bitch, and it makes me want to curse you out more. But she don't want. I can't be cursed out. Cause I'm, 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 I'm talk through God. You can't curse me. I'm a special one. You know, I was thinking of this today on the subway. I was like, it's always the people that are like, no cursing. They have like child porn on their I know. computer. Oh, hundred percent. You know. Just these really weird superficial things that they care about, but then like inside, they're just a bag of goblins. Goblins. Um, so what are you supposed to do with such an entitled, power-crazed idiot? Oh, give them free reign over all the children of the county for so long that some of the kids she's traumatized have gotten old enough to have their own kids so she can also traumatize them? Yeah, that's called generational trauma. Yeah, which is just what they did. So she got this new position in 2000 where she sits today. So if you want to know that quote... Uh, that insane quote she just did was from before 2000. So she has felt this way since the 90s. And you know it got worse because just the times are getting worse without, it's just the and then she got put, more devils. And she, yeah, and she got put in a higher position where she was not being monitored in any way. So because she said something like that crazy, they were like, she needs to run everything with the kids. Let her have it. Ah, she's having fun. Come on. And they did. They gave her this position where... She doesn't answer to anyone. Uh, she, not only does she consistently lock up little kids, but she's created a whole system for doing so. In 2008, in fact, an all-new state-of-the-art $25 million jail expansion was built for the county with a spacious new juvenile detention center attached to it. Wow, so $25 million. I'm guessing if taxpayers' money is going to go build this prison and then... Wow, the people that go in there, uh, the the prison people make more money off. So we're just getting fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you just heard me say, uh oh, ten it was days a- in jail for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> she's just gonna pop up from underneath the desk. I hear you've been I cursing over here, cursing Amber. <laughs> um. So yeah, the jail expansion. Part of the expansion was to connect a detention center to it. So nothing like getting the kids close to the adult jail so they can have a glimpse of their choiceless future. The article from 2008 announcing the expansion says, Juvenile court judge Donna Scott Davenport was elated after waiting seven years for the work to begin. Thank you, Lord, Davenport said as the shovels dug into the dirt. Can you imagine feeling elated about putting children in jail? She was elated. 
Because in her mind, she's like, we're getting all those cussing kids off the street. Yeah. And if we just get out, then the cursing will stop. Yep. And it'll be good. Everybody will smile. It may not come as a great surprise that a disproportionate number of the children who are locked up are black and almost exclusively poor, regardless of race, despite the black population only making up about 12% of the population uh, uh, in reference to the 2010 census. So only poor kids are having this happen. And a disproportionate number of these kids are black. That's also including this insane 2016 thing. Almost all the kids were minorities. Yes. I've, I saw some with like even white poor kids too. But it's yeah. mostly, it's all poor kids. All poor. And mostly black Mostly black. And then also a disproportionate amount of Latino, Latina kids, which makes up about 6% of their population. I think she's racist. No. <laughs> what? I think that comes along with that helmet haircut. Yeah. It's in there. All that hair. It's hiding all this. I'm telling you, it's that 1950s Doris Day look that they thought was so, it was like, because that helmet perfect little flip on the bottom. And they just never adapt with the times. And like, you know, that hair was fine for then. But like, it does like kind of like lean into that MAGA mentality of romanticizing this past that did never exist. Never existed. Yeah. Never existed. So now all that, uh, all of her jail dreams have come to fruition. In, tr- in order to really play God, she had to create what she called the filter system. This filter system is entirely outside the scope of any system of law. Oh, yeah. It's just she just made it up. Yes. It's illegal. This is, I guess, what she considers God's will, which is actually Donna's will. This filter system is an unclear series of steps that the judge will go over to deem if a child is a, quote, true threat or not. That's it. Whatever she decides that means, there are no legal guidelines. Yeah, she's just running off of vibes. Total vibes. Donna, that's not court. And like I said in an earlier thing, an earlier episode, society begins with law. You have to have an appropriate law system. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're just going to be killing each other. And no, you should not be running off of vibes. It should be running off of facts. Yeah. Well, Her vibes are God's vibes. And if they are a, quote, true threat, jail. Of course, you can't just stop there. The next step is to find a proper arbiter inside kid jail. One that's really jazzed about filter systems and punishment. So Davenport appointed the jail's director, who also reports directly to her. Oh, wow. So she gets to check her own balances Mm -hmm. and then decides that everything she did was right? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So... If you remember, Davenport got this appointment from the ground zero of this uh, title, right? So now she's also dictating how this jail will run from the ground up as it's being built. She appoints the leader of it with seemingly zero oversight. Nobody is monitoring anything they're doing. So the person she decides to pick is this woman named Lynn Duke, appointed by Davenport. Is this what a boss babe is? Oh, there's another boss babe we'll talk about. But this woman, she um, made the filtration system a standard thing inside of the jail as well, which seems to be whatever the two women felt like. Here we go. Here's Lynn. Oh, Lynn. She Again, like it looks like you never do. These women don't do any internal work. No. And I don't want to like shame them for looking a certain way, but you can tell behind their eyes when they've done zero internal work. Yeah. And, you know... I think it can be petty to do appearance things, but I mean, oof, 
Yeah, but they're also petty. So come on. Yeah. What are we doing here? Am I supposed to be the good guy to a villain? No. Uh, And I'm not even talking about ugly shaming this woman. It's just she looks so pathetic. She looks miserable. Yes. She looks miserable and wants to make everybody else miserable and probably gets off on like some kind of power kick. It makes her come when you're sad. Or maybe she's, I could also see her being a sort of a beta to Donna. Like she really loves to take it, you know, get bossed around by Donna and then she takes it all out on the kids. Oh, do you think they had like a lesbian love affair? Like she might have like gotten spanked? Oh, I mean, I feel like they would be happier if they were having an affair together. I don't think either of these women have have ever came before. I know. Well, yeah, if they were eating each other out, like. They probably wouldn't be as mad. No. You know what I mean? BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Between these two women and some conspiring police officers, this demented filter system went unchecked for almost a decade. Whoa! They had normalized jailing children so much that Davenport, who had a monthly segment on a local radio show, I think I mentioned already, where she talked about her job uh, on a local radio station once a month, she would just brag about what she was doing there. Here she is saying, basically, I found this quote embedded in, in a an article and the actual file has been removed from the internet, weirdly. Yeah, there's um, a lot of stuff that's been scrubbed. Her, some stuff has been scrubbed that I was looking at literally two days ago. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, I'm going to try my best to try to figure out how to get you the actual audio because I wanted to play it. Um, I can say what she says. Wait, I want to I wanted you to hear it, though, because it's just like it sounds it's like a parody. I've locked up one seven year old in 13 years, and that was a heartbreak. But eight, nine year olds and, and older are very common now. I've locked up one seven year old in 13 years, and that was a heartbreak, she said in 2012. But eight, nine year olds. And older are very common now. What? Yeah, seven seven is horrifying, but eight? Fuck you. Yeah, you're an adult now. Little shit. I wonder if something happened to these women when they were seven and eight years old. Well, interestingly, I don't think she's Mormon. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But eight is actually a significant number in Mormonism. Huh. Um, it's supposed for some sex at least. It's when kids are supposed to get baptized. And it's because up until then in that religion, a kid is considered an innocent, quote unquote, but eight and up, damnation if you slip up. Get your shit together, fourth graders. Oh, my God. But what if you're like on the way to the baptism and then you get struck by lightning? Do you go to hell? Yep. Wow. Should have been more careful, I guess. I guess so. Um. So, yeah, if it's messed up, too, because if you're supposed. You're supposed to be given the choice at eight to decide whether or not you want to join the church. But is it really a choice? Because it's like, 
oh yeah, you can uh, not do that, like all your friends, and you don't have to go to heaven with mommy and daddy. But um, yeah. yeah, make the choice. We'll just shun you. We'll kick you out of the house. No big deal. It's their choice. Yeah, it's their choice. But I don't know. That might be a part. Eight might play a part in other religions. I don't know if anybody out there knows any other religion where eight is a thing. But she seems to be really stuck on the idea of seven being really sad and eight just being, you know, run of the mill arrest. Eight, nine. A lot happening all the time. And she's like, I don't know what's happening. I just keep coming in my car. I keep putting him in jail. Oh, my God. Something had to happen to her. I mean, I was looking at um, some of their personal stuff. And like we said, it was scrubbed. It's scrubbed from the Internet. Yeah. So something's going down. I don't know. So Davenport and jail mommy Lynn Duke have this nice little business going on. Oh, did I say business? Right. I haven't mentioned yet that the county gets $175 a day per kid who gets shipped in from other counties. Yes. Yes, you heard that correctly. So they were doing so much jailing and were so excited about their new juvenile hall that they wanted to share the wealth with Greater Tennessee. So they began advertising their jail to other jurisdictions. And you just simply must listen to this fever dream. I feel like you should actually come over and listen to this. Built in 2008, the Rutherford County Juvenile Detention Center is a 43,094-square-foot facility that is located in the heart of Tennessee. Just minutes from Interstate 24 in Murfreesboro, the center is easily accessible with plenty of lodging and restaurant choices to choose from. There are also that passes through Rutherford County. With easy access to three of the state's major interstates, counties located in Kentucky, Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia are within a two or three hour driving range of the center. Okay, location is definitely a plus, but what about the center? What makes the Rutherford County Juvenile Detention Center one of the best in the country? Well, for starters, we are one Okay, let's talk about some of the technology that we incorporate into our center. First of all, we have a secure command center that controls access to the majority of the building through the use of video, intercom, and electronically controlled locks into and out of the secured areas that includes detainee drop-off, hallways, detainee housing areas, and detention rooms. There is also video visitation, just to name a few. Location check, facility check, Employees, check. Programs, check. With all this going for us, there's no question why we have contracts for the detention of juvenile detainees. I, I don't I don't know. It It's just straight out of RoboCop. Because they have this like weird loungy jazz music. And it's but what they're saying is like, you can come over here and go to jail. It's so easy to come over to jail here. And that's for children. We'll you over here. That's from that's for children's jail. Like dun, they're dun, they're dun, advertising dun, that dun, to dun, other counties. Dun, yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. We can jail your kids over here. It's gonna be real easy. Two hour drive with jail your kids. I expect them to straight up be like, our adorable puppy bot three thousand will give cuddles and love pats from our emotionally fragile clientele. But if they get agitated, a cattle prod will emit from Puppy Bot's chest to help with the juvenile's relaxation. <laughs> um, yeah, that is dystopian. 
And I'm not sure if it's been confirmed or not, but I'm fairly certain that that voiceover is coming from Judge Davenport herself. Of course. It just sounds it's ah, it sounds like the average Hobby Lobby shopper. Yes. But just the sheer joy you can hear in her voice about how excited she is about that child's jail is so haunting. Like, I don't understand what is going on in that fucking underneath all of that hair? Yeah. What's going on in there? Because they probably think like we really need to get these kids motivated and straight and right up for the world. And that's what the regular person would think. But then like 175 a day, you're making money, baby. This is like it's it's money laundering with human beings. Also, Not laundering, sorry. It's also though it's it's well it's tra- it's like human trafficking. I messed up. Sorry about that. Yes, it's human trafficking. It's like, something fucked up. It's like human trafficking and the, sending a kid to jail for missing school is not going to set them up no. for a future. For That's cursing? bullshit. Like I mentioned, this was standard stuff happening all the time until this crazy, crazy event occurred in 2016 with the elementary school arrests. Since then, they are facing a bit of a reckoning involving class action lawsuits involving thousands of children wrongfully incarcerated. But when I say they, I mean more the county. Yeah, not her herself. Yeah. So some cases are, um, I mean, this is thousands of cases that have gone through specifically this woman. Yeah. And I hear that a lot of like, if you want to file, it's very complicated. Mm, It's hard. And lawyers are coming out saying, if you need to file, I'll do it with you for you for free. Yeah. And they're also really trying to um, like weed out the much, much older cases. So some people are too old to file a lawsuit. Oh, but they're still traumatized. Oh, yeah. They're probably half of those people's lives were completely ruined during that time. So it seems as though part of this is because she was able to treat this county like her little kingdom. And she expresses this frequently and thinks it's cute. Like you said, calling herself the mom of the mama of the county or making hilarious jokes about how she does her job, like the job of a, her judge and she's a jury. So she should be t- paid 12 times. <laughs> no, you stupid cunt. A jury's there for like a selection of random people and not just the judge to just one person. No, she's better because she's just all of the jury. Isn't it fun? No, you need to have poor people on there, rich people on there, different ethnicities on there. Anyone. You. Anyone in this position. Like, I think anybody put in this position would be bad. You should not have full reign over yeah. this count like a county like this it's entirely undemocratic but also i think on top of that she's kind of dumb and cruel <laughs> she's unabashedly taking law into her own hands she's proud of it and she's claiming she's working through god which i'm pretty damn sick of hearing people say yeah it seems like she's like a little kid with a gun mm-hmm. who's just pointing it and being like my gun my man and just like killing ruining people's lives yeah and, and no one's taking the gun away from her no because i feel like we really make this normal in our country we're watching insane people just say the word god to justify every wretched moronic decision they make and it is catching up with us as a society and you know what people they fall for it they yes. say, oh, God, let me do it. And they have like, you'd be like Jerry Fall, not Jerry Fall, Jerry Orwell. Who's his name? In- no, Jerry Falwell's correct. Jerry Falwell Jr. is, uh, has done some really bad Who's things. Who's the guy that like, they just found cash in the walls of the church? Oh, that was, um, oh, what's his name? The one who wouldn't let people in during a flood. Yes, with a big horse face mouth. Oh, I forget his name. Yeah, but he's bad. But he'll just be like, God says you got to give me your money. And I'm like, this is 
elderly people's paychecks, man. They need to buy insulin. They don't need to fund your third private jet. Did the devil put them on earth so we can hate God? I mean, is that what they did? If I were, if I believed in in heaven and hell in that way, I would say this would be a pretty good trick because they, um, anytime, and it's like for people like me who didn't grow up with religion, it's why I have such a negative you know, a connection to it because all I've ever seen of it is these people who do like these things that are objectively horrific. Yeah, because they're the loudest. I grew mm-hmm. up and there were some people that were really beautiful, like beautiful spirits. I'm, and I'm sure that's but absolutely true. They weren't true. as loud as this bitch. Right. You know? And it's like the people going to church most days are just these are nice people, but it's normal. It, yeah. It's not who I ever see because I'm looking at these cases. His name's Joel Austin, by Joel the way. Joel Austin. That's yeah. it. That's it. And didn't his wife like elbow a stewardess? God knows. Probably. I'm nah. gonna I'm gonna say yes. I'm going to just <laughs> say yes, that happened. They should go to jail. Anyway, so she's harmed a lot of <laughs> kids. She's harmed a lot of kids. So many have been interviewed since this story broke through ProPublica and the Nashville radio um, show that we initially broke this story. And so many of the kids are now adults and they have the same story. I wasn't a mean kid. I wasn't violent. I wasn't a threat to anyone. I was just getting into a little bit of trouble. I kept getting locked up and I got behind in school. I felt like a bad person. I dropped out. I couldn't keep up with the other kids. When I dropped out, I got really into drugs. I really fell apart. I had to try to make my way with all this trauma and rejection and no high school diploma. There is just no way that this is serving 99.9% of the kids who go through this process. You could probably find two kids that were like, yeah, it really helped me straighten up. Yeah. Most of the time, it's fucking up their lives. Yeah, it's the same, like you said, the same story for all of them. And you, when you're told you're a bad person from as little as seven to eight years old mm-hmm. and you're being handcuffed and thrown into jail, this is training your brain that you're used to it. Yeah. But if you're getting something like, I don't know, love food, attention, education. Now we're like engaging a whole group of young people that can be positive adults. Sure. And if you have a bunch of people that are told they're bad, well, guess what? They're going to be bad. You're going to make crime worse, actually. I can't imagine having been okay after if I was forced into jail for something like swearing. That's that's like fascist behavior. Yes. That's like like thought control. Trying to control kids to that point where you take away their freedom for saying bad words. I mean, that's beyond the pale, man. Also, freedom of speech, I guess, just goes above and beyond her helmet here. Yep. I mean, she was doing things that were not legal. Um, So it's why I wanted to do this episode. Because, yes, these kids are missing a resolution. But I'm considering Donna Davenport the missing person here. Because she is not being punished. She is not being – justice is not being served. Because after all the damage she's caused, as she's facing this reckoning from so many, here's what her statement is. (laughs) After prayerful thought and thinking with my family, I have decided not to run for re-election after serving more than 22 years on the bench. I will always look back at my time as the judge 
as one of the greatest honors of my life. And I'm so proud of what this court has accomplished in the last two decades and how it has positively affected the lives of young people and the families in Rutherford County. I wish my successor the best and hope that this job provides them the same fulfillment it has provided me over the years. So she's just like sitting back like, thanks, bye. Yeah, just going to go sit in a hammock now. It's like a pretty girl that got in a car accident and was like, oh, my bad. I'm so sorry. Oh, gotta go. Bye. And then just like leaves. Yeah. You're like, you fucked everything up. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of, she just leave a huge train wreck behind her. She must have been gorgeous when she was like 19, 20, because this is the attitude of like the hot blonde pretty girl with like no repercussions from a rich family. She's like, thank you so much for having me. Sorry I wrecked and ruined everything Everything's here, just but- on fire and people are like, Oh, God. I gotta go. Bye. I'm going to Disney World. Yeah. yeah. So that's, she's just getting to retire. And this is what we see with a lot of shitty cops, too, where they've done this horrible, egregious thing. And then they're just like, well, they're being punished because they're being, they're at home on pay. Yeah. We've investigated ourselves and we decided that. We're okay. We're going on vacation and you're going to pay for it with your tax dollars. Mm -hmm. So one of, and we see this with some of the cops too, who are helping her do these things. Like one of the main investigators, another blonde woman uh, in the elementary school arrests has now retired from the police force after the pushback. But don't worry. She now calls herself a life coach and she sells Mary Kay. So she's a full <gasps> boss bitch. Of course she sells Mary Kay. All of that MLM stuff. Those MLM women scare me. Yeah, they're just no, they're so terrifying. I gotta, it was an exact, it was a complete natural evolution for her to go to this. But she does call herself a life coach on LinkedIn, which I truly love. Anyone who's ever given themselves the title life coach that I've ever met. Um, it's a mess. It's, it's a person that I just can't, I, I can't imagine me. taking seriously in any way. <laughs> yeah. Mary Kay. Of course, I had some women try to sit, hit me up to sell um, collagen powder, but I took a meeting with them. And it was like, I could I could be like an influencer position to make some money, mm-hmm. but I took a meeting with them and I didn't like them because they reminded me of this. Yeah. And I'm glad I said no. I was like, I don't want to be associated with you. You look fucking mean. Yeah. And you're probably, it was probably a pyramid scheme. Probably. Um. So there's so much more I could say about Davenport. I listened to hours of her bleeding on this local radio show, and it's pretty insufferable. Yeah, because she um, just pats herself on the back. So much of it is talking about how good, how how she gets all these letters from all these kids saying, thank you so much for what you did for me, which sure you do. I know. But because she was a judge and used her position for evil and illegal, she should go to extra jail. I know, right? Extra, extra jail. You were a judge. You work for the people. You are a servant to the people and you fucked up. Yeah. You have power and you fucked it up. You go to extra jail. Yeah. I wonder if they put an extra jail on their refurbishment in 2008. <laughs> you, you listen to her talk about, she pats herself on the back a lot. She says a lot of crazy shit about how she has to lock up eight-year-olds. And then also her and the, the host talk about over and over again how crime's getting just... Oh, it's just different nowadays. It's getting so bad. Yeah, I wonder why. You fucking threw them in jail when they were eight years old. How a lot of her cases are nine and ten-year-olds now. And then they blame it on video games and culture. Basic boomer hell shit. Yeah. Um, But no 
inward reflection for a second over the fact that perhaps jailing little kids for over 20 years has played some part in crime raising, how it maybe it's not working, uh, that maybe she's part of the problem and not part of the solution. But no, how could God be wrong? Because that's what she's doing it for, right? It makes me so mad because I want to believe in like, I, I love believing in God and spirituality, but when people use it to wield their own personal narcissism, right. I want to, um, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it makes me very, very mad. Very, <laughs> I'm angry. I'm an angry woman. So um, it's, you know, we're in some ways seeing a shift after this 2016 thing happened, 2017, some new rules came into place, some new bills, and state lawmakers have now placed narrow limits on when children can be locked up prior to do a delinquency hearing. But that just happened in 2017. <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, wait a second, maybe we should monitor whether or not kids are thrown into jail for no reason oh in God. the year 2017. So she had 17 I mean, years. 2000, the year 2017. Yeah, so she had 17 years of just unfettered access to kids. She had 20, she was, she no, ran, 20. she ran that court for 22 years and after 2008 was when she had her own private jail, essentially, um, that was the government was getting money from, like a lot of money from. So that's probably one of the reasons they didn't wow. bother to check in on what she was doing. Do you think she went to Applebee's with some of that money and got like uh, the the sizzling fajitas? She got all the appetizers, girl. She got the fa the most expensive cocktail on the menu. Every app, it's cheese sticks, zucchini strips. Wow. Yep, I I guarantee it. She's really proud of herself. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's a matter of it's people being mad. It it sucks. I hate being angry about shit, but it's the only thing that turns the page on any of this. So now, it, you know, we are seeing the laws being more, but we got to look at now who's going to be put into this position. Who are they yeah. going to end up putting in? Because she's retiring this summer in a couple months and it's, from it's this a, recording. a voting position. So people have to vote this person in. And at the very least, at, at least this is being covered so much that I think it's not that all people were just chill with her being in this position. I just, it's one of those things you probably weren't thinking about voting on. Like, you're just yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. What if, I'm not voting for the juvenile court judge. I don't know anything about them. And that's how people stay in power, unfortunately. You have to read all this little fine print and look at all the people and go, which ones are criminals? Yeah, it's a little secrecy. It's a lot of secrecy and it's a lot of like confusion. Because the last voting ballot in L.A., I'm a pretty smart person and I knew what I wanted to vote for. But the questions, how it was worded was like, if then what now, how is A.B.? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what? Huh? Yeah. And I think they did that on purpose. Well, there's a lot of... Problems, of course, within the, our government and our, our voting systems, including things like gerrymandering, which we're seeing destroy our country entirely. But unfortunately, we we have to pay attention to it. I hate government. I hate politics. I fucking hate it. I hate it. We got to pay attention. But we have to pay attention. We have to. Because when we don't, people like this woman have reign over and they ruin entire generations of people. Ruin them. So we have to fucking look, man. We got to do it. <sighs> so that's what, okay. So now we're done with Appalachia. <laughs> All right. The organization that we wanted to highlight for this series is the Appalachian Community Fund. I really like them because they focus more on progress and change, not just 
collecting donations to maintain the status quo. Um, part of their mission statement is we work to build a sustainable base of resources in order to support community-led organizations seeking to overcome and address issues of race, economic status, gender, sexual identity, disability, and the environment, because all of those things are important to create a happy society. Um, and yeah, I really, I really like that they want to move things forward and are very inclusive. So if you wanted to give them a buck or two, you can go to AppalachianCommunityFund.org and I will link it on our socials. And uh, yeah, check them out if you just want to give a look at, I think, what a really good group is that's working towards uh, change in middle Appalachia. And we're going to be moving on to the next great pasture next week. You can follow us at someplace underneath on all the stuff. And I'm Natalie Jean. Follow me that the Natty Jean. I'm Amber Smelson. Oh, and sorry. My name is Amber. <laughs> my brain. I'm still mad at this woman. Yeah. I'm Amber Nelson. And you could follow me on Amber Smelson on all social media. And uh, we have, I think there's just a handful of tickets left for the Nashville show in June. I'm fucking stoked for it. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, so grab this up. Also, now they're, it's doing. A, we're doing a national live stream, too. So you can actually, I think you pay a few bucks and you can watch the show live. From yeah. Here, from your homes. That'd be exciting. I know. So hope we'll catch you all there. This is Natalie and Amber. Saucy, pert, and greasy as always. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer... Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.